Welcome to this episode of Kyperian Commentary. This is episode 33. I'm your host, Yuri Brito. I'm here with my friend Mark Horn, who is an author. We've had him over uh, many times in the past to talk about uh, Tolkien and a host of other uh, very crucial and important issues. Mark, how are you this morning? I'm great, Yuri. Thanks for talking to me. Hey, it's my pleasure. And here we're now talking about a very important issue also, one that is at the heart of biblical revelation, which is biblical wisdom. Mark, we want to talk about Proverbs. You have a new project focusing on the book of Proverbs. Tell us a little bit about this new project. Well, basically, it all started a few years ago when I started a kind of one of those random memorization projects, and I decided to do Proverbs, um, specifically beginning in chapter 10, where it gets more, I guess it seems more aphoristic or disorganized, but I wanted to I wanted to do that for a while. I, I did three chapters worth, and in the process, I wrote about it and thought a lot, of, a lot about Proverbs, more than I expected to. It, it repaid me, I thought, and also other people agreed with me. So um, a couple years ago, or, uh, or maybe one year ago, the, the session of Covenant Presbyterian Church in uh, Sulphur, Louisiana, was thinking about a book on Proverbs for Young Men, which would be especially appropriate since Proverbs is a book for young men. I mean, it's for everyone too, but we'll talk more about that later, but it's especially for young men. And so they had the idea of me writing this book, and I wanted to write it. They saw my material on, um, on Proverbs, and I wanted to do more with it. And basically, I haven't had a real chance to get going on that project until I started Logo Sapiens Communication, a nonprofit organization that kind of sponsor me in doing that. So now I have a little more time. I'm making progress on the book as well as um, on the website solomonsays.net. And I'm trying to offer people something I think that they'll find very useful and very intriguing. That's wonderful, Mark. I'm, I'm very curious about how this project will, uh, will continue. Mark, the book of Proverbs is one of um, you know many wisdom books in the Bible. We have Job, Pro, uh, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Songs of Songs, and so on. What is the unique purpose of the book of Proverbs among this vast wisdom literature in sacred scriptures? One of the things that I mentioned this is it's specifically written for a young man coming into adulthood. Um, now, everyone can learn from Proverbs. It is the, w- the word of God. I mean, in taking it at face value, you might even say it's only written for a prince becoming a king. But that's tricky because there's a sense in which Proverbs is telling young men that everyone has a dominion. Everyone is to inherit a kingdom. And the question is, how faithful you will you be in executing that reign? Um, so that's that's part of what I'm arguing in this book. But it's, it's unique. Also, by the way, it came about when Israel re- reached a unique stage in life. Um, they'd moved from being a, a confederation of tribes to a kingdom and also to being relatively more city-oriented, more urban. Now, not by our standards, of course, Yuri, but by the standards of the day, they had a huge city, the basis of their, the center of their culture, and it tells us that Solomon, you know, made made um, silver as common as stones there. So there's a new way of life available to at least some people, and it's on their mind. It's about how to, and so it's written to to tell people how to deal with specifically the temptations of prosperity, which are a little bit different than the temptations that they had previously dealt with. And it's also, by the way, written as apologetics. Um, 1 Kings 4, 29 and following makes it clear that Solomon is writing in an international 
language and he is being compared to others and he's actually being compared favorably as an author of wisdom. If you read that paragraph in 1 Kings 4.29 and following. So it's, it's, it's unique in those ways um, and I think those are very important. Okay, so when we look at the book of Proverbs, we look at it as at least the typical reader will see, you know, hundreds of little pithy sayings. It's very hard, I think, for a reader to say, here is a consistent theme in this book. As you have worked through it in depth, uh, Mark, what do you see as one or a couple or several important themes in the book of Proverbs? Well, the most obvious thing to do is to say that the text, I think I believe it's in Proverbs 3, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom would be the theme. Now, I'm going to argue that that may indeed be a truth that's fundamental to Proverbs, but I would say there's lots of other scriptures where that is the case, both Old and New Testament. So it is a theme, but I don't know it's helpful in getting you into Proverbs as a book is what's unique about it in the Bible, you know, going back to our other question about the uniqueness of Proverbs. I'm going to say that Proverbs 8, where wisdom says that by me kings rule, is actually a much more helpful opener or helpful theme to think about that will kind of unlock a lot of Proverbs. Um, you know, when Solomon says you go to the ant, what he says to, to learn how to work, you know, and work hard, he specifically says that they do it without having a, a king or a ruler or an officer in charge of them. In other words, the idea is that you rule yourself. And so there's all this stuff about kings and ruling, though, of course, that's not antithetical to, being, to how to be a faithful servant. They're, they're both the same thing. The point is, as I see it, Proverbs is unfolding the dominion mandate. And, and by the way, what's really interesting is part of that, it's the dominion mandate first has to take place. I, I don't know, literally, if this is chronological, but an important part of the dominion mandate is to take control of yourself. You know, a person who has self-control, he says they're greater than the mighty. You know, greater than he who takes a city. But if a person doesn't have self-control, they're like a city broken down without walls. They're a ruin. So, there, and you know, you talk, it talks about the things that God hates being hands, feet, tongues. It's like your body parts are going to go off in different directions if you give your life over to sin and pleasure and don't think about your purpose in life and what you should be directing yourself to be and to become. So I think that's a huge deal in Proverbs, and then it's reflected in places in the New Testament, I think especially of James, talking about comparing, you know, taming the tongue to getting dominion over an animal, taming an animal, which puts us right back in Genesis, you know, the dominion mandate, lordship over the animals. As Adam was to pursue that task, even apart from sin, there would have been a, a training that was going on that would change him into a different kind of person. And of course, David, Solomon's father, talked that way about why he was going to go up against Goliath. It's because he'd been trained by the bear and the lion in, in protecting a flock of sheep. Proverbs is also special in that it, and it has a theme of being, I think, an exposition or an elaboration of the fourth and fifth commandments. The fifth, obviously, the father and the mother want the, the young man to not forget the, how he was raised. I mean, this is the ideal situation, the ideal reader has been raised by godly parents. Um, everyone, of course, can listen to Proverbs and benefit from it. But secondly, the temptations have a lot to do with not working enough or taking advantage of Sabbath rest to the point where it becomes such a control over one's life that one neglects one's basic duties and 
becomes something less than what one should be, just degrades oneself. So I think the fourth commandment about work six days and rest on the seventh is kind of a, that principle is, uh, underlies a lot of Proverbs. Well, that's fasc- that's fascinating. And I, I, the, the, the other issue that arises immediately here is that as people look through the book of Proverbs without seeing certain crucial themes directing the trajectory of the book itself, all sorts of misunderstandings arise. And so as you have probably read through commentaries and, and have heard you know, the laity, so to speak, about the book of Proverbs. What are some common misunderstandings that you have seen over the years concerning the the book of Proverbs? I think one is that it's kind of a prosperity gospel. Um, that These are all related misunderstandings, but one is that it simply promises riches. Now, it does hold this out, the promise of riches, but also it says that wisdom is superior to riches, and it does acknowledge that people simply do not have control over providence. And so there will be poor, wise people who are wiser than the rich people. I mean, you know, there's no, ultimately, it is not a different author than the one who wrote Ecclesiastes, who tells you that life is vapor. There's lots of aff- affirmations of that. So it's, it's not teaching that godliness is a means of gain. I mean, of course, godliness is a means of gain with contentment. So you see that this, you, it basically is telling you how not to sabotage yourself, but it's not promising control or, or necessarily that the rest of your life is going to be free from trials. Um, and there's lots of ways to show that. Another thing is that it just, if you go into Proverbs reading it as simple moralistic statements that anyone can understand, I think you'll then be kind of bogged down in why there's repetition, why there's apparent contradictions. And there's not. I think Proverbs is a riddle, and a book of riddles. It um, it starts off telling you that you need to know the riddles of the wise. That's in the first seven verses of the first chapter. And at the very end, it tells you that kings search out those riddles, those secrets that God has hidden. God conceals them, and kings are supposed to search them out. And as I said, I think there's a sense in which everyone is a king in the book of Proverbs. Um, at least he should be. He's, he has what he has is his kingdom. And you need to be responsible and faithful with that. So I, I think that the whole thing should be read um, much less as, you know, like the Pentateuch might be read as law um, and more as these riddles. Some of them are obvious, but others, you know, you wonder what's going on. I think Solomon in some cases was saying things that would be known, like, for instance, that it's a shameful for a son to sleep and harvest. Well, I suspect that most sons and farming families knew that right away. It's not for their sake so much that was written as much as people who are away from the farm. They were in a much more urban life. They, they had a much more uh, a kind of a wealthier life, and they could be kind of tempted to not think that these values mattered anymore. And he's saying, no, they still matter. This is still shameful. Slothfulness will still degrade your character. You'll become useless. Don't do that. Don't sleep too much, etc. So I, it's just, it's not a simple book. And it's not, it's meant to be wrestled with, not just simply read off as straightforward moral statements. Because that's what you do with riddles, right? You, you wrestle with them. And so these, if these are riddles, these are things meant to be processed and wisdom ought to be developed and matured and, um, so I think it also plays into your your observation about this having a particular focus to the young men, because my next question would be then, 
what does Proverbs have to say to our society? And I think it's not, um, I think it's very clear with the rise of these, of the dark web with men like Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro, that there is a hunger for basic wisdom. Now, these men are not offering the kind of biblical wisdom we would, though, even though Shapiro has a, you know, is, is a Jew, but we would say Jordan Peterson, certainly not, but he is certainly borrowing common grace and steroids, would you say? Yeah, well, and also he respects the Bible and reads it, so that and doesn't read it with an eye to, you know, telling you that it's no value. Now, of course, he's got his own filter, but yeah, I think they show that there is a real hunger today. I mean, Proverbs in a in a just again, Proverbs is written for everyone. A woman can b- benefit from Proverbs, but its ideal reader is a young man, and thus it is the Bible's blueprint for masculinity, for how to be an adult male in the world. All right. It, it benefits everyone, but it, that's who it's talking about. And, um, you know, it warns us, as I said, of the decadence, the temptations that can come from prosperity, from feeling entitled, from thinking that you don't have to work that hard. Or, and it's not, by the way, it's not just about hard work. It's also about paying attention. You know, how much time can you just sleepwalk through your life? I mean, I actually think a lot of the the stuff about sleep is not actually, you know, you haven't, you haven't covered it when you just talk about literally getting up in the morning when you need to, you actually need to keep your eyes open, you know, open your eyes and you'll have plenty to eat. You know, the opening your eyes means be aware, know well the conditions of your flocks. An interesting t- passage, cause I don't know if that's a passage that uses kingship to refer to a shepherd's duties or is referring to a shepherd's duties as a, a metaphor for being a king. I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. Both, yes. Um, so it's all about ruling yourself and thereby increasing your responsibility, being useful to others, and in that way, having dominion to the glory of God. So this is very, very crucial fatherly wisdom to be passed on to the young men in their high school years as they're growing up at any at any stage. So I want to continue this conversation, Mark, at another time. And as you continue your project there, I want to perhaps in the future, spend some time with you going through some of the themes in these important chapters and um, perhaps give a bit more of a, a glimpse into what you have in mind. And I'm really looking forward and expecting that this would be a, a very fruitful labor. Mark Horn, thank you for your time here at Kuyperian Commentary. Thank you, Yuri. It's great to talk to you.